Welcome to Iron Sharpens Iron, a program for Catholic men by Catholic men. My name's Matt Palmer. I'm one of our hosts for this program, and I'm so blessed today to be joined by Devin Chad. Devin is with an apostolate, Fathers of St. Joseph, and it's actually that ministry and the ministry that I'm part of, Catholic Men's Ministry, in cooperation with St. Gabriel Radio that makes Iron Sharpen Iron programming available for our listeners out there. And men, we have a wonderful program today for you. I'm so blessed that today I've invited my co-host, Devin Shad, to let me kind of interview him and I want all of you to hear his story and hear how the Lord has touched his life and led him to uh, to found Fathers of St. Joseph. Devin, good morning, brother. How are you? Good morning, Matt. I'm doing great. God bless you, brother. Yeah, it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful day. It's cold. <clears throat> we're, we're recording this uh, in the month of January uh, for all of our listeners. I'm here in Columbus, Ohio, and Devin is out in a little town uh, in Iowa. Devin, share with our listeners where you and your family live. Yeah, we're about two hours west of Chicago, right along the Mississippi River. Literally, you can see the river from our house. Uh, and we're just a little bit north of the Quad Cities. And like you said, it's about one degree out here today. So <laughs> we're freezing. It's, uh, and it's LeClaire, Iowa, right? That's right. Yep. Yeah. Well, good. Well, you know, Devin, um, even though you're our guest today, you do this show with me so often. And I always invite you to open us in prayer. Would you do that for us and for our listeners that the Holy Spirit would just fill this time and, and bless our conversation? Yes. Okay. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, uh, all glory, honor, praise, blessing, strength, might, glory, all of it is yours. We praise you for your son's sacrifice, which is the proof of your love definitively. Uh, We have no doubt that you love us. We have no doubt that you wish the best for us. And so we come to you with our woundedness. We come to you with our infidelities and our weaknesses. But most of all, we come to you with faith, complete trust and abandonment, knowing that you can do all things. So please send forth your Holy Spirit to work through us. And I beg that whatever we say here, that you would translate and you would transmit to those who are listening um, in such a way that they would make that one change in their life that would begin their road to sainthood. Mama Mary and St. Joseph, pray for us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Devin. Wonderful. Well, um, let's let's get started. I think that a great place for our listeners uh, to to sort of begin our conversation um, with you is just for you to share a little bit about your upbringing and, and then kind of move us into your your faith journey and uh, some of those points where Christ began to really reveal himself to you. Okay. Yeah, sure. Well, uh, I'm, I, basically I was a son of a um, military father and um, a mom who is Catholic. My dad was not Catholic. My mom was, I was baptized Catholic, but I really wasn't raised in the faith. I was really raised in the religion of baseball and football and basketball. You know, I mean, that was my, I looked up to my dad and that was sports were our language. That's the way we communicated. But um, quickly I real, I mean, if looking back, I realized, I guess that I was really a problem child. I was a thief. 
I was into stealing, I was into vandalizing, and that only increased uh, throughout my childhood. In fact, it was just one kind of temporary, if you want to call it high after another, trying to escalate the danger and the challenges and all of that. And it was when I was eight years old, I was, uh, it was Memorial Day, we were playing baseball in my backyard, we lived kind of like on a four lane highway, and I chased after a tennis ball. And I crossed the street and I was hit by a drunk driver. Um, he was going about 45, 50 miles an hour. And um, long story short, when I, when I finally awoke, I was in my dad's arms. He was running, carrying me. I could hear his frantic breathing, carrying me around the front, running with me, carrying me around the front lawn, thinking I was dead, uh, trying to get me back to the house. And uh, when I got to the hospital, you know, the nurses, everybody was so amazed that I was alive because the I was literally hit by the front side of the car. I should have been ran over. I don't know how my my gene imprint was imprinted on the car, um, on the bumper and the fender mm-hmm. and chucked me about 25 feet, 20, 20, 25 feet. And my mom, who I had a very strained relationship with ever since the beginning, um, who's in, in full disclosure, she's a saint. I love my mom. Uh, we've gone through reconciliation. So anything I say is only through that light. My mom is an incredible woman. She suffers incredibly, but with great joy. But we had a very strained relationship. And my mom was sitting there in the hospital. I, I suffered a broken leg. That was it. And she said, God must have something great planned for you. And I really didn't know God, but those words kind of, they struck me, you know, like, and they stayed with me throughout my, my childhood, but it didn't change me or anything like that. I mean, I continued to, you know, live a very hedonistic, futile life. And like I said, I got into stealing um, and it became a major problem to where, I mean, it was like, I was a, a professional thief at some level. And that carried with me all the way through college, uh, womanizing, partying. And it was about at 24 years old. Um, so I, I met my wife to be in high school. We had a very rocky relationship for about seven years. And finally, she'd had it with me. She, because of all the things I was doing, she she basically walked out and said, I hate you. I'm never going to see you again. I'm done with you. And that crushed me because she was the only person in my life that I really felt like I loved and she loved me. Um, even though I, I, it was hard for me to admit that. And so I went, I spiraled into a huge depression. I was graduating from art school. And um, like I said, I didn't know Jesus Christ. I had heard about him through, you know, my mom, through schooling, but what I, what was represented to me was very hypocritical. So I hated religion and whoever this Jesus guy was, I didn't want any part to, I didn't want any part of him because it just seems so hypocritical, so much, so many rules and regulations and all that. And so I was contemplating suicide because I really hit rock bottom, even though I was at the top of my class in art school, graphic design school, I had a lot going for me. um, But I just was somewhat suicidal. And um, I remember I would go to this place. It was St. Edward's Catholic Church's parking lot. They had a couple basketball hoops out there. And I just go by myself just to try to work off this, shake this feeling of wanting to give up and actually try to get Kim off my mind because um, we dated for quite a long time. And uh, and it was kind of 
remarkable because I, you know, I was just shooting and I, I, I took a shot. It caromed off the backboard. Uh, I missed the shot. I found myself chasing after the ball. And when I grabbed the ball, I was looking over the basketball right at St. Edward's Catholic church. And I thought to myself, huh, I haven't been in a Catholic church in ages, you know, and, and for some reason I was magnetically attracted to going in and I, I couldn't explain it other than huh, I'll, I'll, I'll go in. It was middle of the day back when churches were open. It was dark in the church. I started walking in and suddenly, and th- this is just full honesty, something like just a huge wave of grace came upon me and literally crushed me in a good way. I was halfway up that aisle, brought me to my knees, and I just was breaking down sobbing. And I didn't even understand why. And I found myself saying things like, I surrender everything to you. God, you've got to help me. And I remember specifically saying, and they made a song out of this later on, not because of me, but Lord, I'm driving this car and I've driven it into the ditch and I can't get out and I need you to take over the wheel. And just then this glorious music kicked on. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is a sign from heaven. This is incredible. And uh, I look back up in the choir loft was like this hundred year old lady starting to practice for uh, Sunday mass. you know. And, <laughs> and so I sheepishly crawled into the pew. But then I continued to surrender my life to this this Jesus, which I didn't really know. And it wasn't like it was an amazing event. It was it was semi supernatural. But it wasn't like a light switch, like all of a sudden I was pure and all of a sudden I wasn't doing the things I was doing in the past. I mean, yes, I gave up stealing immediately and I gave up even, you know, cursing and swearing, um, all of that kind of stuff, sort of. But it wasn't like this immediate, incredible uh, transformation. But that was the beginning. And so then I went back to my hometown where my parents were living and there was a Catholic priest that I had met in high school. And he 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 kind of, I think he wanted me to be a priest, but I was so off the rails, um, it wasn't going to happen. But, but he didn't give up on me. But I went back to him to talk to him about what I experienced. And so he said, I think you need to go to confession, Devin. And so I asked him to explain to me what that was all about. And so I basically confessed the sins of my life, which took quite a while. And when Father Michael Phillips gave me absolution, something like a a weight, a boulder was like just physically lifted from me in that moment. I stopped him. I said, stop. Something just happened. Uh, A a huge weight has been lifted off of me. He said, that is Jesus Christ taking your sins upon him. Mm. And and so I went back the following weekend. I went back to St. Edward's Church up in Waterloo, Iowa where I had that massive conversion and it was there that I received what I call my first Holy communion, even though I'd received communion before when I was younger and stuff, but it didn't mean anything. And I went up and I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what it was all about. I just knew that I was supposed to go to mass that Sunday. Um, And when I received our Lord Jesus, all of a sudden there was like this massive burning in my chest. It was so intense that I couldn't even get around going back to my seat. I couldn't even get around the front pew without starting to physically break down, like sob, 
And uh, I got back to the pew realizing that there's something very real in this piece of bread, this so-called piece of bread, and later found out that it was actually Jesus's body and blood. And so these mystical kind of uh, occurrences were taking place. And with Kim, it was very beautiful because uh, she called me up before I moved back home from college. I graduated and she was like, I I just think we need to end on good terms. Let's just get together and say goodbye to each other. And I was very hopeful because I wanted to get back together with her, but she wanted nothing to do with it. So we went out, I dropped her off at her apartment. And before she got the door, she started sobbing. And, and I said, what's wrong? And she said, I swore to myself that I would hate you forever. I swore to myself that I wouldn't love you. And yet you're so different. What, what, what has happened? And I said, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And she said, I want that too. And it was kind of like this remarkable moment. I didn't hear for, from her for like the next, I don't know if it was two or three months, but then finally she called me and we were able to get back together. I took her to that same place where we had that date that night. And that's where I asked her to marry me. And uh, we got married. And uh, then we started having, you know, children. And that's, so there's a series, I believe that in life, there's a series of conversions. You know, it's not just like there's this one event. Some people it is, but for me, you know, it was a conversion to Jesus Christ. It was a conversion to, you know, marriage in a sense. And then, Jesus introduced me to Mary, and that was an incredible conversion, one that really cost me tremendously. And then there was this conversion to St. Joseph and to fatherhood, and especially through our daughter with special needs, Anna Marie. Um, and then through all of it, it brought me to a conversion of sonship. But so that's kind of, I guess that gets me to where I was married and we were starting to have children. I don't know if I should go on. I mean, I've just dumped a bunch of... Well. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's such an amazing story, listeners. Uh, this is Iron Sharpens mm-hmm. Iron. It's a it's a program by Catholic men for Catholic men. And my name's Matt Palmer. I'm with Catholic Men's Ministry in the Diocese of Columbus, Ohio. I'm so blessed today to be speaking with our guest, Devin Shad, uh, founder of Fathers of Saint Joseph. Our program is in cooperation with St. Gabriel Radio, and we're so grateful to them for helping to produce uh, this program. And today, I've turned the tables. Usually, Devin and I have the joy of interviewing um, other Catholic men that the Lord has touched them deep in their hearts and has transformed their lives, and they are doing amazing things for him Um, and but today uh, I'm having the joy of interviewing my my co-host. Usually he's our guest, Devin Shad, and Fathers of Saint Joseph. Devin, you've just shared so powerfully uh, mm-hmm. kind of your journey with our Lord and and these moments of conversion and how He's brought you through a very difficult childhood and um, so much. I think many of us can relate to that. Where we we in our teen years, our early twenties, there's lots of we're looking, we're searching. And every time we think we found the answer to life, we, we find that it doesn't, it doesn't satisfy. And there's a despairing, there's a, there's a great sadness. And we move on to so-called the next thrill. Um, but Christ is the answer. And Christ is the fulfillment of all of our heart's desire. And so here you are now married. And um, in some other, some other program, some other show, we will We'll learn more about your journey with your daughters, but 
there's been so much that you've gone through suffering joy all of this that you've learned i want to i want to move us to um to your work to your ministry work um with men and um so talk a little bit about how the lord gave you this apostolate and then in our final minutes here let's really talk about you know where where your heart is for men and some of the things that you just want men out there that are listening today to to understand about our lord and his call in their lives but talk a little bit about how you moved into establishing fathers of saint joseph sure so uh at I founded a writer's group. I wasn't a writer at the time at all. In fact, um, not at all. Uh, but I founded a writer's group for my brother because he he was a writer, very good one, in fact, and had a couple of novels going on at the time that I wanted him to complete. And so I figured that'd be a great way to hold him accountable. So there's a group of us guys, and <clears throat> I just started to share on fatherhood in St. Joseph. And one of the guys during one of the meetings said, I know what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to write about fatherhood in St. Joseph. And it really resonated with me. And I, I didn't have any real theological background. I did not go to theological school or seminary or anything like that. In fact, all I had was a two-year art school degree. And But I went on this retreat that weekend. It was like a four-day Opus Day retreat. And I came back with the outline for what's, what constituted Joseph's Way. And Joseph's Way was a letter to myself. I was just trying to capture a theological vision of fatherhood because I didn't know what it meant to be a father. I was really suffering in being a, a dad because uh, we had had, I had cancer. Uh, my, we had a special needs daughter who nearly died and now she was trapped inside of her body. And there was just all sorts of complications in our marriage because of that. And so I was really struggling. And it was like, I carved a space in my attic, made a chapel up there and I'd pray and I just wait on God. And it was like, I was on download. I started receiving like these insights, go to this scripture or that scripture, write about this or that. And pretty soon I had four volumes of Joseph's way where I compared St. Joseph to the patriarchs, to Abraham and Jacob and David and Moses. It was a letter to myself. And I shared it with a friend who secretly, without me knowing, shared it with a PR specialist, a publicist who shared it with Ignatius Press, all without me knowing. And Ignatius Press then contacted me and said, we want to publish your book. And about that time, it was very interesting because while I was writing the book, uh, there was this chapel I would go to at our cathedral in our local area and and flanked the Eucharist, the Blessed Sacrament was flanked by uh, St. Joseph statue and Our Lady statue. And they were on these two kind of like, I don't know what you call them, wood kind of uh, podiums, not podiums, but stands. And on each of them was a shield. And on St. Joseph, there was this beautiful shield. But I, and I associated myself with St. Joseph in that shield. And, and I came in one night, and it was just me in there. And the shield was broke. It was like cracked, and it was off the side. It was still on that, that front face, but it was cracked, and I couldn't believe it. It was like, and the message that came to me was, fatherhood is broken. The symbol of St. Joseph for our times is broken. And I, I, I literally was on my knees and I crawled up there and I fit the piece perfectly back into the shield to where it is this day. And on the front of the cover of Joseph's Way, you can see this. There's a crack in the shield. And, uh, and I told my dad about it. My dad said, Devin, do you understand what God's saying to you? He's saying that God wants to use you to heal fatherhood, you know? And I was like really humbled by that, but I didn't believe it, you know? And but anyway, so out of this, we decided to, there was a bunch of us guys 
who thought maybe we should meet and talk about Joseph's way. So we founded this group called the Fathers of St. Joseph, and we expected like five to seven guys. Well, the first meeting, it was almost 40, and it just escalated from there. And we were meeting at six o'clock in the morning with adoration, um, and then a talk, and then small group. And man, we were up to 70, 80 guys sometimes. And now we're now in our 10th year locally. And from there, chapters started spinning off nationally and internationally. Now there's chapters in Austria and Australia and Ireland and you name it. I mean, they're all over the place. And and so it just kind of branched out. And so what we believe is that like the Carmelites, the Norbertines, the Dominicans, the Franciscans, they all have a spirituality, a way of life. And so for me, I I really discovered that through St. Joseph, there is a spirituality, a way of life, a rule of life for fathers. And it's the, it's a spirituality of St. Joseph, which is based on his four pillars, embrace silence, embrace woman, embrace a child, embrace charitable authority. And so that's what we try to equip men with is to help men discover this spirituality of St. Joseph and to live it daily. And one of the, I think one of the best resources we have, that's an introductory resource that's for free on our website is the path. And the path lays out this, this, you know, this one path, you know, four pillars, uh, seven principles and 33 practices. And so that's, we try to give men a way to live St. Joseph's spirituality. That's the nuts and bolts of the Apostle of Fathers of St. Joseph. Men uh, and listeners, uh, I have had the pleasure of handing that book out. It's a mm-hmm. small pocket-sized book. Last year for our Columbus Catholic Men's Conference, we gave copies to every man that attended. And I would encourage all of you that are listening uh, to, to get a hold of a copy of The Path to open your heart and, and to allow the Holy Spirit to speak into your life through that guide and to learn how to become men like St. Joseph. I think you know, I'm so blessed, Devin, by, uh, by what the Lord is doing through you, because I think we can all look into our own hearts and lives, in our own fatherhoods, in our own role as husbands and fathers, our vocation. And then we can also look into the culture, and, and we see brokenness in both of those places. We see it in our own lives, as you shared. Um, you, have, you had brokenness and have brokenness in trying to be the, the husband and father that God has called us to be. I experienced that. I think all men understand that brokenness in their own lives. And then the culture, of course, is so toxic for fatherhood and, and to be the man that God is calling us to be, it, that the, the culture is making it even that much more difficult. So you, you've come, the Lord has raised up your ministry, your apostolate in a time where there's such a great need for fatherhood. In our, in our final few minutes, give men that are listening, uh, there may be some women listening as well, but give all of us just a few, uh, a few thoughts on how the first steps to take, especially for men, we want to be fathers in the, in the model of St. Joseph. How do we begin that journey of becoming fathers like St. Joseph? What would you recommend? Steps one, two, three. Yeah, step one is to really recognize that you're a son of God the Father and to thank him every day for that sonship. This is a big deal because Muslims don't believe that anyone can be a son of God. In fact, if you say that you're a son of God, they they will, I mean, that it's written in the Quran that you should be killed. Um, so, and if you look at 
and Jehovah Witnesses or any of the major religions, really, they don't believe that human beings can be son of God, sons of God, because God is divine. We are human. But Jesus Christ, by becoming a man, becoming one of us, baptizing us, we now have the spirit living in us. So we really need to reconcile with the father and, and, and give our lives over to him, trusting in him. That's the first thing. Recognize your sonship and be thankful for it every day. Thank God for your sonship and ask him to live it. So you got to be a son. And the way to do that, the second step is to enter the silence daily. So take time before everybody else gets up in the morning and give, give your morning to Jesus Christ. The third step is begin to live a life of hidden sacrifice. So each day, give God something, some little sacrifice, skip a meal, eat bread, drink water instead of pop, whatever it is, take a cold shower, but give them little sacrifices for the sake of your family and your loved ones. And you will start to see your life really, really change. It's a, it, these are such beautiful and such concrete ideas. And as in our ministry, we work with men across the Diocese of Columbus, and we've lifted up uh, three kind of objectives. We, we want to encourage men to encounter Christ. And we encounter Christ not only in the sacraments, but in the silence of our prayer life. Uh, and so I, I hear that resonating. And, and second, we need to have a vision that we're called to be saints, that as sons in the Son, we are called to his righteousness and to take on and put on his righteousness and become all that God has made us to be, to become saints. There's nothing, you know, what else is there but for us to strive? And then finally, in our ministry, we lift up St. Joseph as the model for that, that in St. Joseph, and you have been so helpful in your apostolate, has been so helpful to our ministry, because through you, we've learned that if we lift up St. Joseph, that we take him as a special saint, that we consecrate ourselves to him, that we learn to live our lives as he lived his earthly life, that that is the way that we can become a true son in the son, but also a true father, a true father for our children, a true husband for our wives. And so I, I, I'm so encouraged by what you're doing across the world. Thank you for this beautiful ministry. Tell men where they can go uh, to learn more about your ministry, to maybe get a copy of The Path. Uh, as we close here, just let men know how they can take the next step with, with learning more about how you and your ministry would support them, other guys in their parish. Yeah, fathersofstjoseph.org. You can download the free PDF, The Path, and there's tons of resources there. Go to our resources page and you will see all that God has allowed us to develop over the last several years. So fathersofstjoseph.org. Devin Shad, thank you, my brother, for your time today. Thank you for sharing your heart and your life with all our listeners out there. Man, let's go be like St. Joseph and let's change the world. Have a great day, everybody. God bless.